Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of What's What with Wyatt Wilkes. Today, we have Terrence Mann on the show. It should be a great time, and uh, let's get started. Terrence Mann on the podcast today. I'm really happy to have him. How you doing, Terrence? Great. All right, so I got to ask you the classic questions about being drafted. Uh, how's it feel? Um, it feels good. Um, you know, it's just an amazing experience to be able to be there and my family hear my name called. Yeah, well, uh, we were all really excited. We had the whole team in the uh, theater at our apartments, and uh, we were all, you know, really looking forward to it. Um, I know a lot of people thought that, uh, you know, you weren't going to get drafted at the beginning of the year, and uh, by the end, you were almost a guaranteed second-round pick. Um, Did you do anything different, you know, with your off-season preparation or during the season, or how did you, uh, you know, get to the point where you, you know, were a (coughs) consensus second-round pick? Um, I just think that it had a lot to do with my jump shot. Um, A lot of people thought, you know, the jump shot was the biggest thing, um, and I think they've seen the numbers improve. Um, they kind of see my work ethic behind it, along with my character, and, and that's kind of what locked me into being a uh, pick in that draft. Um, my grandfather was telling me just that uh, you you had a lot of teams, that, or there were a lot of teams that just want a really high character guy, and uh, you know you were one of those one of those people that you just all in your interviews it really stuck out to them. You know how high character. Uh, high character of a guy you were, and uh, I think that says something about our program too, because I think we got a lot of guys like that. You know, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, a lot of people don't understand that it has a lot to do with the the interview part, the whole draft process. You know, how you conduct yourself. Um, you know, what they find when they do background checks, stuff like that. Um, but when you're sitting down with them one on one, you know, they really want to see how you are, how you interact, um, what type of things you have to say, and you know, if you're if you're a good character person, then you know you should be fine in that. And uh, the chances of someone being picked and their teammate being picked and being on the same team are astronomically low. Yeah. What was what was your initial thought process when you saw that you got picked by the Clippers? Um, I just thought it was. I didn't think it was real. Like when it happened, um, and then I had forgot that fee got picked by the Clippers too. I thought he went to Brooklyn. And then when I got picked, when I got the call, I told my coach and he was like, yo, that's Fiondu's team too. So it just all hit me at once. And I mean, I'm still not over it. I still feel crazy. Are you all going to live together? Um, we're, we're thinking about it. Uh, we don't know yet because we both want to bring somebody with us. Um, so maybe do like a, like a four person house or something like that. We don't know yet. Yeah, I know uh, Shaq, I believe in, I think he what was he drafted, 92. Mm-hmm. I think Shaq lived with some uh, one of his friends for a couple of years, like rented a house, saved some money. Um, so, yeah, now that we're done with that, I, I kind of wanted to get into, you know, like growing up, um, playing on the AAU circuit. Um, you're, I know your, your mom's a coach as well. Um, I, like my dad's a coach, so we had that in common. That mm-hmm. was pretty interesting to me. Um, what what do you like? How what are your thoughts on you know basketball, the AAU circuit, like growing up and playing? Um, I mean it helped me tremendously. It really helped my confidence. Um, you know as a player, 
Um, you know, just being able to play against the best talent. You know, I played in UIBL, so I got the chance to play against what they call it, what they say is the best talent um, in the world. And just being able to have a strict AU coach like I did. Um, you know, a mother who's a coach who helped me through the whole process also. Um, you know, if you got the right people behind you in AU and the right people in your ear, you should be fine. Was your mom, like, because I know for, for me, my dad wasn't, uh, like, he, he didn't want to be that guy. He didn't want to mm-hmm. be that dad that was always, you know, all up in, you know, my, my athletic business and always, you know, the coach on the sideline. He didn't want to be that crazy yeah. guy, you know. So um, if I wanted advice from him, I'd have to go go ask it, go seek it out, you know. Was your mom like that too, or, or was uh, she more, like, kind of – hands-on no she was definitely like that you know she didn't like to you know say too much or try to get involved too too much you know she was also busy doing her own stuff uh that she had to worry about so you know my mom didn't really watch much of my AAU games and stuff like that and my high school games she kind of got to come to some because she was always recruiting um but she would just always tell me you know just if I wasn't playing a lot keep my head up keep going if I was playing bad you know she she was definitely mom first before coach. Yeah, my mother was definitely more hands on. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to shoot when I was a kid. I used to shoot with my left hand, and uh, my mother was the one that changed that and you know forced me to go to the gym and um, like learn how to shoot with my uh, my right hand. And uh, you know she she was the one that was always yelling on the sideline, probably because she's so so uh, competitive. You know. Um, and yeah, when I asked the question, you know, the AAU question, I was thinking, have you seen some of the, the AAU team? I, I just feel like it's so watered down now. Yeah, like, it's, it's really one kid's parent builds a team around him, and that's just what it really is. They think their kid's good enough, and half the time I feel like, you know, their kid doesn't even end up growing to be the best in that neighborhood. You know, somebody eventually outshines them just because they're getting babied and pampered through that whole process. And somebody else was working harder, you know, way hungrier, and didn't have any handouts like that kid does. Yeah, if there's not, if there's if there's no trials and tribulations, you you don't grow. One hundred percent true. And when you're when your parents building a team around you for you to be successful, then and you you got other kids deferring to you, you like you know you, another kid will have a wide open shot and he'll defer to you and yeah. or and pass you the ball and maybe you take a tough jumper that doesn't look good <laughs> you know and I don't know I just my brother I think there's just the competition there's no competition kids know they're gonna make a B team so they they leave and they they don't want to work for it they just leave and go start their own team with their own you know little friends who are also gonna make the B team or. You know what I'm saying? There's no yeah. No, nobody has to go through that struggle of damn. I made the B team and I have nowhere else yeah. to go, and I gotta you know. There's there's no. I think that's why you see so many transfers now. Mm-hmm. Is because you got you got guys who if they didn't make the the first team or they didn't make the only team that the the AAU program had, then they just transferred. Even mm-hmm. in high school now, they just got out of there and they went to a different different program and that. Promised them that they play right from the start. So in college, you don't play right away. All right, I'm gone. I think that's the main problem. And I think one of the huge things with with AAU is just that the kids they don't care about winning. Mm. You know, like oh, lost another one. Oh well. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's five games in one weekend. What's losing one to a 
to a kid. That's how some kids are nowadays. Well, most of them are. Yeah. Um, all right. So obviously, you are one of the greatest players in FSU history. Uh, your number will probably be retired. Um, you won't say that, but I will. Um, how's that? How's that feel? Just you know, coming back to FSU and just feeling the love from the fans and just just knowing that you know all your hard work over the years just has really paid off. Um, I mean, it feels nice. Um, definitely wasn't what I expected going into college. You know, I wasn't expecting to have the kind of resume that I have. I was just trying to be, you know, a good enough player to play professional basketball anywhere. Like, I didn't care where it was, whatever country. Um, but just seeing, you know, the hard work pay off, the confidence that the coaches instilled in me, and just to be able to see it pay off by, you know, the wins we're getting, the you know, we're getting noticed everywhere on campus. Um, you know, it's just not a football culture everywhere now. You know, people are worried about basketball. People Very are talking true. about basketball and stuff like that. Rather than when I first got here, you know, nobody knew anything about, you know, what was going on with the basketball team, you know. So they just knew who Dwayne Bacon was, and that was it. <laughs> when, I, when I first committed here, there were people like uh, they they give me a hard time because they were like I, I can't I can't tell you more than two people's names on the on the roster, mm-hmm. you know and um, and we were working kids camp the other day and uh, you know one one of the walk ons on our team uh, Will Miles um, had probably ten kids come up to him and ask him for an autograph mm-hmm. and I feel like when I first got in, like when I was taking my visits and when I first got here that was not the case. Definitely and, not. You know, they didn't even know. Michael Saxton will tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Michael Saxton. Great guy. Recently got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, really happy for him. Um, but, yeah, uh, there there weren't really – there wasn't as much awareness about the basketball team. And I think your class definitely changed that and turned it around. And, you know, uh, Trent's coming up on you for the wins. Yeah. And I, I think he needs 21. 20. 20. 20? Something like that. Yeah, that's – Yeah, I mean, that's cool. <laughs> he got those wins because I was there. <laughs> so he has to thank me for that. Well, I mean, let's talk about Trent for a second. Mm-hmm. Horribly, horribly good. Yeah. I mean, do you do you uh, do you see him getting drafted next year? I mean, yeah, I, I definitely see Trent getting drafted. Um, I mean, he has all the tools that you want in a point guard, and. You know, people will knock his jump shot, but at the end of the day, he gets the job done. You know, I mean, no matter no matter what, he'll get the job done for a team, and especially on the defensive end. He's and, a fantastic defender. Yeah, so he has it all, and you know, if people want to, you know, doubt him because his jump shot, I think he'll prove a lot of people wrong this year. Uh, he's been in the gym. I, I know you, you've been gone, but he he has been. Uh, he he had a toe injury, and he's come back from that, but. Uh, I think, um, in fact, it really reminds me of you mm-hmm. because you had the groin injury at the end of the, you know, the, end of the lead eight run, and then uh, you basically spent an entire summer and beginning of the year just shooting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was unru- I mean, you put more shots up than just about anybody, and you come back and all of a sudden you're shooting like 45% from the three-point line for the season. You know, it's, yeah. it's unreal. So uh, I've, I've seen that a lot in him. He's been really working on his jump shot, and – you know, I was on the radio on draft night, um, CSR Orlando, uh, shout out my boy Juan, but um, they, they were asking me, you know, why would, why would teams want Fee and you on their team? Uh, one of the biggest things that sticks out about you guys is you guys are winners. Like, the, like that, 
that that you can't teach that. Like you know, like you can't like there, there's nothing you can tell a kid or get a kid to do to make him a winner. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I that, that Trent has those same uh, same characteristics. It doesn't matter if he scores or if he gets high assist numbers or if he plays great defense. He's he's always a winner and. I feel like NBA teams are really looking for that right now. Yeah. You know, like I feel like that they, that's very big in the league right now. Just people are people have their stars. So, you know, when you go in, you have to understand your role. If they're bringing you in, they want you to do all the other things that it takes to win. And people think, you know, okay, for example, Toronto, they think Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi this, Kawhi that, but they don't understand that all the people surrounding Kawhi are doing everything it takes to win. And our boy Dave's in the window. Yeah. <laughs> so every everybody around Kawhi is doing whatever it takes to win, and you always need somebody on your team who does that. And I think me and Fiondu showed that you know we do that. He sacrificed minutes coming off. The, he know, didn't coming, even start. Yeah, coming off the bench, he didn't start. He's a first rounder, so. I mean, what, what I mean, what do you? He started what a couple games. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's either because uh, you know injury or whatever. Yeah. But um. No, I, has he ever started? I, I don't know. I mean, I figured at least one or two games. No, I don't think he has ever started. I think he started one time. No, he never started. He started an overtime, and that was it. Golly. Yeah. First rounder. But that's the same thing as, uh, what's his name from Villanova a couple years ago? DiVincenzo. Yeah, he he was a sixth man, and just during the during the Final Four and during the uh, NCAA tournament, he came on so strong. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the league's looking for shooters now, too. Yeah, so I mean, you got to be able to put the ball in the hole from three. I mean, uh, actually, Dave walked in. He just reminded me about uh, the uh, the pre-draft list that they had of like where the guys were going to go and how horribly inaccurate it was. Yeah. And the guys with skills just – you can't beat a guy who can, can shoot the ball like Cam Johnson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he does go to UNC, so I'm I'm not the biggest fan. But <laughs> I mean, he puts it in the bucket. Yeah, I mean, he shot almost fifty percent from three consistently, you know, and that's what teams looking for. That's why he went eleven. Uh, I just, you know, and uh, Grant Williams from um, from uh, shout t- out Grant he's in my agency. Uh, Grant, I mean, I think I'm not. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they had him mid second round, mm-hmm. and he what did he go twenty second? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, and and he's just a guy that just flat out plays hard. Right. People. I mean, there was a lot of people on there who didn't get drafted. So uh, try to talk like directly into. Oh, it. sorry. Don't there's worry, a, it's all good. <laughs> nah, but there was a lot of people on there who who didn't get drafted, and you know it just shows you. If you're not on there, have confidence. Bowl, 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 bowl drop. I feel um, bad for nobody him. Nobody knows the real reason why. Um, everybody assumes, you know, from what they see on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, you can only you can only assume that injuries, just injury, being injury prone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean personally, I look I look at Bull Bull and I I see max fifty games a year, mm. and that I mean. It's a eighty-two games is a long season. Yeah, I mean, if he if he has the right you know people helping him through that, you know, what I mean, if he has the right training staff and everybody's aware of his injuries, then I think he should be fine. But 
you know, we'll see. He's a good player, though. Yeah, very. I mean, horribly very, skilled. Yeah, very talented. Yeah, and then our boy Chris got uh, picked up by the Sixers. Yeah, looks like they're did. just uh, collecting seven four guys. Yeah, I mean, he he. I think he has summer league and training camp guarantee. Uh, so so uh, I forgot what kind of contract they called it's, it. It's a free agent contract. Um, so there's a summer league contract. Then there's the free agent contract. Then people, some people get signed like guarantees for a couple of years. They are actually on the team already. And then there's called something called Exhibit Ten contract. And uh, that's what that's what they call it, Exhibit Ten. Exhibit Ten. Yeah. That's what Chris got. Yeah, that's what that's what I read on Twitter. Okay, least. so yeah, that's that's summer league and training camp guarantee. And then there's something else after that. You get like 50k guarantee, along with something else. So yeah, well, you know. I'd, I think they see the the success that uh, uh, what's his name from the Sixers? Uh, some they're 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 current four guy. Yeah, Boban. Um, they see the su- success with Boban, and they're looking at Chris, and they're going, "All right, well, Chris can sprint the floor, right? And catch." They were they've arms. been in love with Chris for about two years now. So yeah, I, I was talking to um, our assistant coach, uh, Coach Jones. And he was saying that um, if they had a, if they could get a pick at the end of the second round, they were going to take him. Yeah. But um, you know, just the fact that he got picked up is huge. Um, and he, he's also you know one of the, another super high character guy. Team's going to love him. Uh, we're really happy for him. Um, in your in your workouts that you were doing, did you like? Did you feel like your game translated really well to the workouts? Or like who? How does it work? Like you go in for a team. Uh, for people that don't know, um, you explain to them. Yeah. So, I mean, you get there, you do measures, um, measure your height, weight, all that combine stuff. Some teams have you do the actual combine workouts. So, three quarter court sprint, vertical jump, um, lane agility, all of that stuff. I guess they don't trust the combine or something. <laughs> so, you got some teams. You have to do all of that over. Um, then after that, you get into the workout. You probably start off with some teams. You start off with skill work, probably like ten minutes of skill work or like eight to ten minutes of it. Um, just coming off ball screens, hitting a slot pass, coming off ball screens, getting to the basket. Is it, is it the uh, is it one of their coaches running it? Yeah. So some teams have their coaches uh, run it. Some teams have somebody that they hire just to run the workout. Some teams had their head coach actually working running the whole thing. So Monty Williams from. Uh, the Suns ran the whole thing. He's the head coach there. And then uh, Flip Saunders' son um, at, oh, wow. in Minnesota, Ryan Saunders, I think. He's the head coach there now. Mm-hmm. So he he runs those workouts. So you just play. You do that. You do the skill work in the beginning. Um, then you get right into it one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three. Some teams have you do full court. Some teams put you in situations in the half court. And then you got to just play, play, play. Uh, probably do that for another 10, 15 minutes um, with water breaks in between. So I'll say that whole thing probably takes like 30 minutes total. Um, and some teams have you shoot in between those. So like you'll play one-on-one, go shoot, spot shots. So they wanna, they, they, they're want they they trying to see how you shoot when you're tired. Yeah, is yeah basically what exactly. Some teams you go through the whole workout, then you shoot 105 threes at the end. Um, and then what's the pace of that? Uh you got to be moving, you okay. know, not not nothing too slow. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you did the Brooklyn 105 with CY. Yeah, CY yeah, yeah, so yeah. the pace you go at that. Mm, um, okay. CY probably wants you to go a little bit faster than they do. You know, yeah, he does. You, yeah, so, you know, you just take your time with it. Um, you know, focus on each shot you take. 
for a guy like me, I had to really focus because they wanted to see if I could shoot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, is that is that was that one of your uh, like the one of the main things that you were focusing on uh, proving yourself in when you went into the workouts? Yeah, um, you know those guys, they just they care about the number you get in those shooting drills. Mm-hmm. You know that that's really what determines them. You know, tells them if you can shoot or not. I guess so. I don't know why, but that's how it is, and um, you just go in there and kill it, have confidence. They also see, you know, how you shoot when you play three-on-three, one-on-one. Um, if you're forcing shots, trying to force it, show everybody you can shoot. I just let it come to me. You know how I play. I yeah, didn't really, of course. I didn't do anything too crazy, but yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, they're, I feel like in a lot of those workouts, they're almost evaluating your your play style more than exactly the numbers you're putting up because you know like three on three things like that like you're you, you know it's not there's no help side defense as you know stuff like that so really they're saying like all right is he you know is he forcing things yeah. what kind of, where's his 100%, head at you 100%. know like did you did you like without you know no names but did you work out with any guys that you think hurt themselves in the workouts yeah I think so definitely and yeah. it showed um, in the draft you know where couple guys end up going that I I had worked multiple workouts with and they just weren't playing their game they were trying to do you know the most that you think it's just because of nerves just I think that's because they were so young mm-hmm. you know, oh, okay, they don't okay, okay, yeah. they don't understand the game as much as you know an older guy would who knows themselves if you don't know yourself then yeah. it's really hard to I, I think I mean I see like a lot of these guys that uh that are you know 18 19 they're getting drafted I think about myself and the difference between how I am mentally now and how I was when I was 18, mm-hmm. and it's vastly different. Exactly. I can't exactly. – I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, like, obviously, I can't, you know, tell you how I would have been, you know, yeah. but it, it sure wouldn't have been as good as it would be now. Yeah. You know, and just – I feel like, you know, uh, you, you put pressure on yourself when you're younger, and like you said, you don't exactly know who you are yet. You know, and I feel like that's that's one of the biggest things that give older guys an advantage in the draft mm-hmm. is that they are who they are. And you know, bad bad teams, I think, you know they they're they're gonna want a guy that they can bring in, they can develop him. You know, uh, a young guy with like a, a high ceiling. But um, I think a lot of good teams they want older guys who know who they are, they have their game set, they got NBA bodies. That was right. a big thing, I think, with you. It's like, I mean, what, are you, what are you, 225? 215. 215, okay, yeah. yeah. So, like, you got an NBA body already. Like, you're a, you're a man. You know, you're not, you're not a kid that's coming in who they have to build up, you know. And I, I, one of the biggest um, examples of that, I think, is um, a guy from uh, Milwaukee Bucks, um, Malcolm Brogdon from Virginia. Yeah, he he came in and got Rookie of the Year because he was twenty three. Right, he right. was a man. I mean, you. I mean, you could just see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no he. There was there was not very much transition in when he came in into the league. Yeah, you know, he knew he knew himself. He knew what he was doing. And he if knew. you look at him now, he, his body has not really changed. I mean, he he was who he was going to be mm-hmm. when you know with a guy like uh, you know even I mean even Victor Oladipo. I think I think he was at. Uh, 
he was at Indiana for two or three years, but even after he got in the NBA, he was, uh, I think after he was drafted, he was only like 20 or 21. Yeah. And three years down the line, he, he looks physically like a completely different player. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, like maybe some, maybe not as good NBA teams will want that, but um, I think a lot of the good NBA teams want guys who are ready to come in and work. And, and also I think one of the biggest things now is locker room. Like just the the feel in the locker room, mm-hmm. uh, especially like the past couple of years with the you know the D'Angelo Russell thing, um, just like problems with really young guys coming in and causing problems in the locker room because you got an eighteen year old guy he's a rookie or t- nineteen twenty whatever, right. and then you got a thirty year old veteran, you know it's it's like an extreme example of being a senior and having a freshman, yeah. you know it's you're not even the same people very extreme example that's 12 years that's 12 years i mean that's like imagine being a 30 year old man you got a you got a kid coming in there and right, just, right right like you and it's it's work i think that's what a lot of people don't realize you know uh, is, do you notice a difference between you know how things are handled you know in the pros definitely i think it's more it's less personal you know more professional you got to be a professional you got to be you know, cordial with everybody. Nobody's you know, waking you up in the morning. Nobody's, you know, <laughs> it's just, you're on your own. And it's very lonely, you know. Uh, and I was on the road for three weeks straight by myself. You know, didn't, I probably saw people for four hours of the whole day total. Yeah, that's, that, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, so. And, and, that, and that's coming from especially our team. Right, who, who's always together? Always together. So it's a, it's a big difference, and if you're not mature enough to handle it, then you can end up slipping into some bad stuff. You know, using your free time wrong. Yeah how how many how much free time did you have? I mean, how many hours were you going a day? So pre draft, so pre draft, I would wake up at like seven thirty, go lift at eight. Um, Go to the gym at like nine thirty, ten. Get some shots up. Do on court workout. Do some skill development. Chill. Um, go to my hotel. Chill. Come back at like three or four. Get some more shots up. Go back. Chill. Probably go to icebox and do some cryotherapy at night. And then just is that is that one of the is that a big thing, just, like, recovery? Yeah. Do you see more of, like, an emphasis on that? Yeah, definitely. I know, because that insane statistic about LeBron came out a couple of years ago, like, that he spends, like, $2.5 yeah. million on his and that's when everybody year. started to really take care of their body, yeah, like, in an extreme way after that. Yeah, he's a he's a trendsetter in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Versa climber, you know, the... Yeah, the, yeah, the, everyone know, has that now. Everyone has that. Teams have that. Yeah, right? I saw so that. After he started using I saw that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, CY is calling me right now. <laughs> Coach CY probably... Uh, trying to get in the 20-minute hit. Trying to get, get you to do a workout, you know. Um, all right, so what are, you, what are you, some, of your, some of your favorite uh, memories from FSU? <sighs> I would probably say... Give me, give me, give me three. Give me. The top All right, three. I'll give you top three in no particular order. Right. My first one that would I'd probably say was when we were unranked and beat number five Florida my junior year. Went into their place, Great beat game. them. Um, very exciting game. Um, my second one would probably be that when we beat Xavier to go to the Sweet Sixteen. 
you know, that, that revenge game, be able to come back the next year, beat them without all the stars that we had before. We lost 85% of our scoring um, going into that year. And then we went all the way to lead eight that year, but we had to beat Xavier, who beat us the year before. And then number three would probably be, what would the third one be? I would say Senior Night comeback win versus Virginia Tech. That was a great game. Yeah, down 14 at halftime. Virginia Tech, in, in my opinion, was one of the toughest teams to play against. They, yeah. we, they, we just matched up so well against each other. Yeah. Golly, yeah, those it was tough games. Every time, man. Every time. Every, every, I mean, we played them, what, three? Played them twice, twice, but, I mean, we played them last year. It was a tough game. We played them the year before yeah. that. It was a tough game. Every time we played them. But this year especially, they had a good group. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they really Not only did they have some athletes and – um, some guys that could bang the post, but I mean, they just they could shoot the mm-hmm. ball, mm-hmm. and w- whenever you can do that, it's just tough to play against. Right. Um, you know, you sh- you shot to uh, get us into the. Uh, is it, you hit the game winner against them, right? Yeah, that was them. Tech. Yeah, golly, that seems like so long ago. Yeah. Time flies. Um, yeah. I'll say that's top five moments, not top three. Top five. Top five. Top five. I don't know. You got you got some more years. You got two more years than I do. I'd say shoot those. Those might be some of my top three too. Yeah. Um. All right. Biggest difference between you as a freshman and you as a senior, in in college. Um. I'll probably say mentally, uh, just because when I was a freshman, I was worried about everything, and when I was a senior, I wasn't worried about anything besides winning. And as a freshman, you worry about the little stuff. Like, you worry about what people think about you. You worry about everything. <laughs> you can name, and you name it. You're worried about it, and you're just playing basketball with a heavy, with a heavy mind. Just everything on your mind. And then as you get older, you know, you start to get weights lifted off your shoulder just by, I don't know, doing you random. It doesn't matter. Yeah, just doing random. And you know, you talk, you go to talk to coaches. Make you feel better, you know. They help you out. Coach Jones helps you out. He and just helped me out. Our coaches are. I mean, it it really is like a family. Yeah, exactly. It, it's unreal. Um, exactly. I, that's one of the, I think that's one of the main reasons I I committed here personally was just. It's unreal how much they care about their players, mm-hmm. and I I feel like I think other programs they they care about their players, but it doesn't seem like anything like like our program. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they keep up with us after we leave. Um, Coach Ham is a maestro getting people jobs. It's mm-hmm. it's it's unreal, um, and I think that that really, especially lately, just the the, the quality of people that we've we've had come in. Right. I mean, a guy like uh, David Nichols, for instance, who is sitting in the room. Um, weird guy. Weird guy. Um, he was he was at a, a different college for three years, and they brought him in. That's risky. They they, they bring him <laughs> in, and we we already had a great culture, and it th- that's risky to bring a guy who's been at another school for a long time, and you know, and Coach Gates did, did a great job recruiting him, and uh, you know, he brought in a stand up, great quality person who assimilated really well into the team culture, and he. He joined the team without a hiccup, and 
just things like that, I think, are just what, what this culture is about here, right? I think um, one of the biggest things was, because, you know, I'm talking so much about culture because it's just such a big thing that, you know, other people, you know, want to talk about. And uh, your class and you in particular were just such a, a catalyst of that culture. Um, I think it's because each year the seniors want to leave the, the program in a better state and a better culture than the year before. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, you know, that's just, I guess, tradition now. You know, seniors want to, you know, like you said, leave it in a better culture. But I don't know. I just think that comes from the coaches directly. You know, the way they, they you know, they treat us, the way they make us be men, the way they make us be have this brotherhood that we have. You know, they, they make sure we're always together, always, you know, growing as a team. And then when you leave, you realize, you know, you want your teammates to be better off. You want better things for them. So, yeah. I've I've never been on a team where the the bench guys are happier for the guys in the game mm-hmm. when we have success. I've never seen that before in my life. I've been yeah. on a lot of teams, and I've I've truly never I've seen it, but not to this level. Yeah. I mean, the guys on the bench are more excited for the guys in the game than they are, yeah. and I think. People see that. People people see that and they go, "How do we how do we get that?" Yeah. You know, I've had um, guys I had plenty of questions about that in my in my interviews with the NBA teams. You know, oh, really? well, they well, just ask us, "Why is your team so close? Why, you know, how do they? How do you get your team to be like that?" And, and uh, what did you tell? Them? I was credited to Coach Ham every time. Uh, yeah, the coach. We. I mean, huge shout out to the coaches. They. I mean, they, they really are the catalyst for, for why the culture is like this. A um, couple more questions, um, mm-hmm. then we'll wrap it up. Uh, well, you know, sometimes uh, guys, you know, in their interviews will get, like, weird questions. Did you get any weird questions, or were most of them normal, or how, how'd that go? Um, most of my questions were normal. Um, nothing too weird. I think they saved the weird questions for the weird guys. You know that makes sense. They knew they couldn't get to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bet you they they're probably uh, waiting for Bobo and asking him some weird questions. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I think that about does it. Um, thank All you right. so much for uh, coming on the show. The no first problem. inaugural show that I had. First one. Um, I had to get a. Um, I'm honored. I had to get a star to be on this show so that people would actually listen. Um, real quick, I want to thank our sponsors, um, Nobody, because the NCAA would kill me for that. So, um, I thought you were actually about to name people. Yeah, absolutely no, not. Yeah, I bought this equipment myself. I downloaded the software. Definitely. Um, learned off YouTube how to use it. And um, NCAA, leave me alone. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Terrence. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for podcast number one. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a great time. Uh, Next week, I will be having uh, one of my longtime friends and local comedian, Andy Liston, on the show. Uh, He's definitely the funniest person I've ever met, and I hope you guys tune in to listen to that one as well. This has been What's What with Wyatt Wilkes. Have a good one, everybody.